Sunshine State. This is Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. This is Mark Farner, the founding member of Grand Funk Railroad, and I'm listening to Nostalgic Radio in Cars, where they'll knock you alive. Nostalgic Radio and Cards, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see moi, little old me, live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you miss any of our past shows, check out Nostalgic Radio and Cards, the archive page, where all our shows are posted. Hey, Bub, how you doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. Yeah. Well, hey. I, I didn't know about the new microphone we're using now. but Well, well yeah, I'm trying I to... Said, I said, you've been mic three for the last ten years, so I didn't I didn't know about that. Well, okay. <laughs> that's so, okay. You got that. You got it handled. Okay, that's a good thing. Anyway, hey, we got an exciting show for you tonight. We got uh, not one but two guests on tonight. Now, I would go over... I'll just briefly tell you guys, hey, yeah, I went to Lauderdale over the weekend, and I went to experience the Los Olas. 
uh, classic car show, or car show, rather, down there. And I will discuss that next week because that was pretty exciting. In the meantime, I want to give a big shout-out. Now, you know we do car stuff here, but uh, I can't bring a car in here. But I can bring a guitar in here. So I want to give a big shout-out to my friends over at uh, Guitar Repair of Tampa Bay. And now they've had my little darling here for a while. Now, I actually brought in my 19... Well, it's a 65... And a 73. Fender Mustang. Now, you know I'm into cars, but I'm also into guitars. And this thing, they restored beautifully. I'm just really, really, really tickled pink with this. And uh, it was kind of a basket case at one point in time. It's got a 65 neck. Check the date codes on the neck. And it's got a 73 body. So I like the 73 body because it's contoured. The early bodies were kind of slab. They were solid. So, um, And it's got the rosewood neck. They did a beautiful job. This, this guitar, the... Uh, um, the body was originally a sunburst. When the original Fender Mustangs came out in 65, 64 actually, late 64 for a 65 model year to kind of correspond with the car, they only came in red, white, and blue. And then later you can get them in uh, um, what they call sunburst. And this one was originally a sunburst, but somewhere down the line somebody had stripped it. Well, Mick over there and Ben worked on the guitar. Mick did a beautiful job, made a really cool pick guard. Uh, all the parts that are on this guitar are genuine, period-correct Fender Mustang parts. And I'm delighted to also uh, give a shout-out to my friend Stevie B down at St. Pete Guitars because he was able to get me a very, very early set of Fender Cluson tuners, but they're like off a of Fender Jaguar or Fender Strat. They're uh, kidney beans and they're uh, chrome, where the original ones were basically ivory, because the the Fender Mustang was basically intended to be an entry-level guitar. But anyway, so there's my Fender Mustang. I'm tickled pink. The only thing I got to get is a emblem for the headstock, but they did a beautiful job. That's the guys over there at Guitar Repair of Tampa. And mm-hmm. their phone number is 813-304-2560. Bobby, who do we have on the line? Charlie Biscotti, real quick. Oh, uh, Charlie Biscotti. Hey, yeah, 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 for, yeah, Charlie. I'm looking for, hey, I'm looking for a, a American Fender, um, uh, a country gentleman, Nashville. You know the three pickups. Oh, you want a, a Strat? No, Telecaster. No, Telecasters only have two pickups. No, they don't. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matter of they fact, came, their back pickup, the front pickup, is the same pickups. as a Mustang. They came with three pickups too. That was a special no. order, and it had. You're thinking that. That's uh, the, that's uh, the there's Nashville. a F. There's one that's got an F hole. I forget what they call no, that. It's a Telecaster or something or other. That's a thin line. Thin line, that's it, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, anyway, but... Uh, well, I know you don't have time, but you were talking Fender. I pull up to the gym. I'm like, I wanted to say, hey, how you guys been, all right? We're hanging in there. we got a real busy show tonight, and I want to thank you for calling in, and we'll have to get down there, and uh, now that I'm getting worse at the guitar, we'll have to play sometime. Pastries for the holidays. There you go. That'll that work. All right. Be safe. Be good. Take care. All right. Take care, Charlie. Thanks for calling in. And Charlie is a guitar player, and he's got a really sweet uh, Fender Strat that I like, and... Uh, I love Strats. Strats is a good guitar. I have one, too, but mine's a hardtail. It doesn't have the whammy bar on it like my little Fender Mustang has. Anyway, to Bobby, we got uh, Vic Piano on the line there? I will call him now. I'm going to call Vicky. My Victor. quick, uh, Your quick word is, it just uh, my quick before Vic, is uh, it just says Gypsy on here. Gypsy. What well, I was actually going to play the song. You know, why don't you go ahead and turn G- that uh, Gypsy Gypsy 1, Gypsy Part 1. Oh, oh that had, one. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll uh, do that real quick while we get Vince on the phone, and then we'll talk for few minutes about his uh, upcoming Cigar City Concourse, which is this weekend. Meanwhile, 
I hope you can see my Fender Mustang. I'm really proud of this. It's kind of like a kid in a candy store getting a new new car. Mike, if you're listening, this is a beauty. But everything on this thing is all original. I'm really tickled pink with it. And uh, they did a great job. He even made me a really trick pimp, pimp, pimp guard. Pick guard. Hey, you're listening to Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. Yes, we're doing a little music and car stuff this evening. Here is one of my favorite bands. Uh, a big shout out to James the Owl Walsh with Gypsy. Gypsy Part 1. We'll be right back. for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce the guest numero uno. And I had to say that in Italiano because my first guest is Italiano from New York. He is the founding founding member. No, he is the founder, <laughs> president, and CEO of the upcoming Cigar City Concourse this weekend in Safety Harbor. No, Oldsmore. I'm delighted to welcome to the show my friend Vic Piano. Vic, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself, Houston Brighton Chipper? I am. I'm excited. I got a great show tonight. I got great guys coming on. You're one of them. So uh, lay it on me, man. <laughs> hey, I'm glad that I'm on the top of the list. Right? Everybody's going to have to do better than I do. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to set the standard for the show this evening. <laughs> well, I tell you, we're coming down to the wire because the third Cigar City Concord Delegante, as you said, starts. Sunday the 14th at Tampa Bay Downs, and we are looking for a tremendous, tremendous amount of cars, and uh, we've got uh, food trucks, we've got libations, we've got adult beverages that'll be available to purchase on the field, and we've got some absolutely outstanding automobiles. One, I'll give away one. All right, give away one. I'm not going to tell you the name of it. But it was built, it's a hand-built, home-built car, built in St. Petersburg in 1962. Really? After 62, it disappeared from the landscape. A friend of mine actually found it, restored it, 
and made its debut at Amelia Island this past Amelia show. Really? And it, it's coming, it's making its second coming-out party all these years later at the Cigar City Concord d'Elegance this coming Sunday. Wow. All right, so how many cars are we going to have there this year? Well, I don't have an exact number because, believe it or not, even though we have a cutoff that's September 1st, this last week I've already signed another 30 cars. Oh, my gosh. So it's way more than 150 cars then, or 100 cars, right? Um, I'm thinking, yes. I'm thinking 100 is a conservative number. And you know, we're doing two shows like we did in our inaugural event back in 2018. We're doing the Cigar City Concord d'Elegance, which is all museum, high-end exotics, etc. And we're doing what we call Cigars and Cars, which, as you know, is uh, kicked up, you know, cars and coffee type situation but we've got primarily a bunch of exotics there's a couple of local clubs here that uh, do exotic car tours and stuff so they've they've threatened to show up so oh my gosh <laughs> we should we should have quite a crowd and I, i'm looking forward to it. in fact we'll be starting to set up the field this friday and saturday and then sunday are the two shows they open to the public at 10 o'clock, and the tickets are available. I'll give some shameless self-promotion. Oh, please do, please do. Available on our website, which is CigarCityConcourse.com, and they'll also be available to purchase at the gate, and the show opens to the public at 10 a.m. on Sunday the 14th, and as always, free parking for patrons. Vic, how are you going to set up the categories as far as classifications and stuff this year? So if people are bringing their cars in, and I'm sure there's classics, there's pre-war, post-war, uh, 50s classics, muscle cars, sports cars. So how, what are the categories? That's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> We've relaxed it just a little bit. Because okay. What, what we're trying to do, Robert, as you know, th- this market is fairly new to concourse, and so... We're the first one here, and then we're the premier. And I want people to understand that a concourse is not <clears throat> your basic run-of-the-mill car show. We have museum pieces. We have, as I said, we have that one-off that was built in St. Pete in 1962, so that's a local favorite. We have all kinds of cars that are coming from private collectors. We also, what we're doing now, too, is this year we have two classes, two subclasses, in concourse, trailer queens and road kings. Ah, well, I like that. If, and that, that that's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. If a car comes in on a trailer and it lives in a museum, it's a trailer queen. Right. You drive your car even, you know, once a month. If you take it to some local cruise ends or whatever, that is a road king. Uh-huh. So that, that's what we're looking and And, I mean, a lot of people... There are some people that I have met at various events that I attend over the course of the year that have some heirloom automobiles, like big Chryslers that belong to their grandmother back in the 60s. They bought it new, and they still have it in the family. They've maintained it. They're beautiful automobiles. And so they are in that category in the concourse as road kings. Now... What do you think, besides that one-off special-built car out of St. Petersburg, Florida, back in the day, what other uh, car 
kind of strikes your fancy that you're aware of? What what else should I be looking for? If I was if I if I'm a spectator and I'm showing up there, what other car should I be on the lookout for? Well, I I happen to know that you have a fancy for English cars. I do have a fancy for English sports cars. Well, there are going to be several <laughs> English sports cars there. Okay. Uh, and one in particular, it's a it was a special built race car. It was oh. not a streetable car, but it was built in the 50s. It was completely restored to concourse quality, and a, a, a gentleman in Florida owns it, and he contacted me, oh, about six or seven months ago and said, hey, I'd love to bring this car to the show. And I said, we would love to have it. So I'm playing it very close to the vest. I do not want to divulge, but I'll tell you okay. something else that we have that's coming that probably no one's ever heard of it. I know I had to reach way back into my memory bank. It's called a Gogomobile. A Gogomobile, okay. And it's it's a 1959. It's a transporter. It looks it looks like you know the old Dugan's bakery trucks from the 50s. Yeah, they're really cool, like the milk vans. Well, yeah, but this thing looks like that only shrunken down. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's got a wheelbase of probably 35 inches. I mean, it's a very small vehicle, and they only imported three of them back in the 50s to this country. And this gentleman found it, he restored it, and he did a little something that it, it's kind of cool, especially if you're a fan of Coca-Cola memorabilia. I am. He, he restored it as a 1950s vintage Coca-Cola delivery truck. So it wow. the original colors, the yellow and red with all he got all the original decals and everything on it. So that's going to be a super super thing. We've also got a 61 Panhard. Oh, little French car. Yes, yes. And a couple of Austin Healy's, got a Healy Silverstone which is the the racing car, and then, you know, we, we will have uh, on the field, we also have, who just signed up, a 64 Dodge 330 Superstock. Ooh. is a tribute car to one that was campaigned when new in the 60s as a drag car. Okay, by the famous Ram Chargers out of Detroit, I'm going to guess. Yeah, so what, we, what we've tried to do is I tried to get an eclectic mix of cars. We have high-end restoration cars. We have daily drivers. We have a plethora of Corvettes, which, you know, Corvettes are out there all the time. We had, I tried to put together three different subcategory promotions. We had what we called the Tri-5 Tribe for 55, 6, and 7 Chevys. We had the Mustang Corral for 64 to 94 Mustangs. And we had the T-Bird Sanctuary for 55 to 95 Thunderbirds. Well, whatever the cutoff you want. I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm forgetting certain things. <laughs> <laughs> dementia works. That's what I say. It's dementia. Yeah, it's dementia. That always works every time. For me, because I walk into the room and go, why am I here? Yeah, yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, and we've got, you know, some... Beautiful GTOs. We've got a couple of uh, beautifully done street rods, which is a separate category. We put them under the muscle car category. 
some uh, there's a beautiful 34 five window coupe. Another guy who just called me this morning. He's from Spring Hill. He's got a 40 Ford pickup that looks like it's got a track nose on it, and the thing he's got 70,000 miles. He drives this thing everywhere. It looks like a showroom piece. Wow. So he will be there. Got a beautiful 61 Caddy Eldorado Buritz. When's the last time you saw one of those? Oh, it's been a while. We've, we've got some really, really, really outstanding cars. And then, you know, I always bring my cars, a couple of my cars, to the show because they're rare cars. But uh, if I was selecting the cars, which I do not, we have a, you know, a selection committee. But if I was selecting the cars and I looked at one of mine, I would say there is no way. That that's going on a concourse field, but one's a thirty-nine. You know the thing. Ah, that's my up. favorite. Yeah, survivor class. It's fine. Yeah, it's perfect. It, it, leave it alone. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But I don't have my cars judged because you know, I, like Caesar's wife, I have to be above reproach, so I don't get involved <laughs> in judging at all. So, all right. On that note, Vic, one more time, give out all the information and uh, let people know how they can find out more about. Cigar okay, City Concourse, and we'll be there. That, I'm going to tell you, because I know you're a fan of 40 Lincoln Zephyr Concourse. Yes, I am. I'm giving you a ride in mine, because it will be there. Oh, I can't wait. I look forward to sitting behind the wheel of that car. One more time, it is the third Cigar City Concourse Delegant at Tampa Bay Downs on Sunday, the 14th of November. Opens to the public at 10 a.m. Tickets are 19.95 each. That includes parking at Tampa Bay Down, so you don't have to take a bus anywhere. And the um, they're available on our website, which is CigarCityConquest.com, and they will be available at the gate on Sunday. Sounds good. I am looking forward to it, and uh, thanks a bunch, Vic. Look forward to it. I'll be there. I will. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Come early, and you can... Help us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Don't worry. You can count on I'm always looking for volunteers. You know that. <laughs> okay. Good, 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 good. Great, Robert. Thank you. We'll see you then. Thank you. The Cigar City Concourse this Sunday at uh, Tampa Downs in Oldsmar. Hey, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and fire up that uh, turntable one more time, and let's go ahead and uh, ring the uh, bell. Yeah. Let's... No, ring the, uh, do the ringy-ding. Well, ring, ring, ring the guest. <laughs> ring the guest. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. Okay. <laughs> super, 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 super. Survivors of a wicked plan 
Hey, the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah, uh, woo, good God, woo. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Uh, I have to apologize for that faux pas. That was supposed to be the uh, movie trailer for Dirty Harry, and the reason for that is because our guest is from San Francisco Bay Area. He is a journalist, singer-songwriter. I'm delighted to welcome to the show the ever-popular Dan Ashley. Dan, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Robert. How are you? Great to be on with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're originally from North Carolina, correct? I am, and fun to have Sammy. I heard him do your ID. Sammy Hager, of course, lives out here in the Bay Area. He and I are friends, each other occasionally, communicate regularly. Well, now, the reason I played that is because I saw an interview with him, and you were doing the uh, promotional for uh, Rock the Casa, and he was signing some uh, guitars for you. And I believe he either lives in Mill Valley or Tiburon, right? He does. Uh, Mill Valley, I believe. Okay. He's in Mill Valley. Yeah, I'm originally from uh, North Carolina. Chapel Hill, home of the Tar Heels. Michael Jordan and I went to uh, uh, University of North Carolina the same years. No kidding. And, uh, so, so did Davis Love, the professional golfer. We were all freshmen at the same time. And it was a great place to grow up. It was a great school to go to. And, uh, you know, I just had uh, a wonderful childhood in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Well, now, so you're more of a country guy, and now you're, like, thrust in the middle of one of the most beautiful cities in the country, San Francisco. You know, I love it here. I had the, you know, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, is a bit of an oasis. It's in North Carolina. It's a progressive kind of liberal college town uh, with the within the research triangle. There's a lot going on. It's a pretty sophisticated area, relatively speaking. But I had the chance, Robert, to go uh, to New York City to anchor the news and report the news to Chicago, to uh, Texas. Dallas and Houston, Indiana, a number of places. But the number one place I wanted to come was right here. San Francisco, Bay Area is exactly where I wanted to to, uh, take my career next. I was very fortunate to get to do that 27 years ago now. And you know the Bay Area well. You grew up out here and have a lot of connections out here. So you know what a lovely place it is. Now let me ask you this. So when you graduated from school, what was your degree in? What did you major in? Uh, great question. You know, I was actually an English and speech communication major at the University of North Carolina. 
And the last year, year and a half, I started taking a lot of journalism courses and, and sort of fell in love with the journalism and found that as a career path. But I, I didn't change my major. I was already already well down the tracks, and, and you didn't really need to to get into the profession. I just I had training in my courses and had internships at a local radio station and then a TV station there. Uh, but I was an English and speech communication major, which actually has held me in good stead in my career, I have to say. So how does one become a well-known TV anchor in probably one of the top ten markets in the country? I mean, that's got to be fairly competitive, isn't it? Well, it is very competitive. It, you know, the timing for me worked out really well, Robert. That's a great question. I had been working in Charleston, South Carolina, another beautiful community that I love and still like to go visit, uh, for almost nine years. Before that, I was in Raleigh-Durham for a couple. And when it came time to take my career to the next phase, uh, I, we looked around and um, had submitted uh, a resume to San Francisco, and they hired me uh, against their better judgment, probably <laughs> hired me to come here and... <laughs> and uh, and I was the 5 o'clock anchor and reported at 11, and then a year later they made me the main anchor. And I've been so fortunate to stay this, this entire time. And if you're asking me for a key, you know, I think good fortune is a good part of it, you know, getting a little lucky with timing. But I work really hard, and I think being authentic, being who you are on the air, I'm the same person on the air as I am off the air. Just being authentic I helps, helps you be successful in what you're doing on radio, as you know. Be who you are. People accept you or reject you based on on your true self so that that's been a big key for me i think just uh, you know i'm the guy that you see on the street i'm the same guy on tv well you're with kgo tv and of course when i was a kid growing up it was the huntley brinkley report at six o'clock and uh kgo tv in san francisco actually it was the oakland bay area there type thing i forget what they said exactly but i just remember that so when i saw that you were there which uh it's a abc affiliate now right Channel 7, I think? Owned and operated. It is. Channel 7, KGO-TV, is owned and operated by the Walt Disney Corporation. So it's uh, what we call an O&O, which means it's not just an affiliate. We're an ABC station, but we're owned by the company. Okay. In Charleston, for example, I worked for an affiliate station. In other words, it wasn't owned by the Walt Disney Company, but it was an ABC station. Interesting. Okay, so now, before you became a uh, news anchor, were you a journalist, like a field journalist? And then who were some of the interesting and notable people that you had the opportunity to interview? You know, many years ago, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity Robert, to do so many amazing things. I'll tell you a couple of good stories. But, uh, you know, over the years, I was on the street every day reporting. I was producing newscasts, anchoring newscasts. I had the chance to do pretty much all the jobs. My first paid job in television was a videotape editor before I actually got on the air. And over the years, I have interviewed everyone from Sammy Davis Jr. to Rosie O'Donnell to Oprah Winfrey to uh, Al Gore to uh, President George Bush. A few years ago, six or seven years ago, I was at uh, the White House interviewing President Obama one-on-one in the diplomatic reception room. I've had the chance to go to uh, Auschwitz, in the concentration camp in Poland, with Holocaust survivors and walk those grounds, and uh, on and on and on, and, and uh, you know, people that I've had the chance to interview. Recently, we just uh, lost Colin Powell, great American, uh, a week or two ago, and, and about tw- 10 years ago, in 2012, I interviewed, nine years ago, I interviewed Colin Powell, 
and had sat on a dais in front of an audience with him for an hour and had 20 minutes with him backstage. And it was a great chance to uh, get to know him a little bit. And he was just delightful. You know, he's a very imposing guy. And I wondered what he'd be like in person. And he is imposing and he is impressive. But he's also a regular guy. He liked to laugh. And we just sat there and shot the breeze before we uh, got in front of the public and started uh, uh, conducting a conversation. Uh, so people like this, I just a couple weeks ago interviewed uh, General Stanley McChrystal, who ran the operation in Afghanistan uh, for America's, and, and actually the coalition forces. He was in charge of the coalition forces as well. So uh, I did a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed, a few weeks ago now, I interviewed Liz Cheney, the representative who has gotten some heat from the Republican Party for her stand against uh, President Trump and the uh, uprising at the Capitol. On and on down the list, I've had the unique privilege over the years of interviewing and meeting uh, some great newsmakers, some interesting celebrities, and also some ordinary people like uh, the Holocaust survivors in Poland. You know, just the chance to, to be there with them was really, really uh, powerful. Do you, as a journalist, when you're um, when when these interviews come to come to be, so to speak, do you get to pick and choose who you want to interview, or does the station or or whoever your superiors are, let's say, say um, do they determine who you do the interviews with? Uh, it's a little both. I can always interview. I, lots of the interviews I set up myself, and because of contacts, I'm able to secure them. Okay. Uh, but certainly sometimes the station will assign me somebody, you know, if, they, if there's somebody that they want me specifically to talk to. Probably it's at this stage in my career, it's about 75, 25, 75 percent. I, I interview people that I find interesting or choose to interview, and then they assign me uh, other interviews or other stories that come up. Do you ever end up interviewing people, let's say, for example, that are um, – do you, do you prefer to interview people that are like-minded, or do you like people that are a little bit more controversial? Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, good, good question, Robert, especially in this climate where we tend to like siloed information. So many people tend to like to read and hear things that confirm their, their belief systems. I, I like all kinds of interviews. I, I couldn't care less whether someone agrees with me or disagrees with me. I particularly like challenging interviews um, where the person is hard to, to get at, to get at, at some truth or to get at, a, 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 you know, off their their. Uh, Stock speech, for example, you know the talking points that they that they always want to come out with. Those are my favorite interviews. I never approach a story from my perspective in terms of. I may have a perspective, and I may ask questions that that have some of that perspective in mind. But I never tell a story from my point of view, or try not to. In other words, if I agree or disagree with that person, it doesn't matter. It's a story to me, and it's an interview. And it doesn't really matter whether I, my role is not to agree or disagree with them. My goal and my job is fact-finding right. and to challenge uh, people in power where appropriate, not to be adversarial for the sake of being adversarial, but to hold people accountable and hold their feet to the fire. And I do that without a personal agenda. I mean, you'd be very hard-pressed to find any reporting I've done where you go, ah, He's a Democrat, or ah, he's a Republican, or he likes this guy, he doesn't like that guy. That's not my role. Um, let's segue, let's jump into the music now. Um, you are a musical enthusiast, you are a musical 
artist, you are a songwriter, you're a musician as well. Uh, like a lot of us, you picked up the guitar at an early age. And so take us through your musical world, your musical life, the musical side of you. And then I want to focus on that one song, which I really like, which we played. And it ties in to your news background, which is What Really Matters. It really does. I'm so glad you, you're going to ask me about that, uh, Robert, because I'd love to explain what, why that song was important and what that song uh, means to me. Uh, you know, I have, was around music my whole life, and I had uh, lessons in about every instrument you can name, but wasn't passionate about most of them at all, because something your mom made you do. My sister was a great musician, still is, plays violin and piano and played with symphony and has played professionally here and there and teaches. Um, but I was exposed to a lot of it, and guitar I always found interesting, and um, I sang in the junior choir when I was a little kid, and then my voice changed, and I really didn't sing much for many, many years, to the point where, Robert, if I'm, if I'm truthful with you, which I'll always be, I have been in public my entire adult life, so speaking with you on radio my heart rate doesn't go up. There could be a million people outside my office here in San Francisco right now, and I could go out and talk to them, and I wouldn't even think about it. Going on TV, which I'm doing in about 15 minutes, it doesn't bother me. It's what I'm used to. But about a dozen years ago, or more than that now, I wouldn't sing Happy Birthday to you in the corner of the room. I had a bit of a phobia about singing in public, even though I've been in public my whole life. And I used to sing, but I just got away from it. So I started taking some lessons to get comfortable again, and, you know, whatever aptitude I have, one thing led to another, and I started, as I do everything else in public, I started singing and performing in public, and I have this terrific band, uh, kind of an Americana rock band with some great players that have toured with major names, and my drummer toured with Santana, my lead guitarist toured with uh, Mariah Carey, my keyboardist with Isaac Hayes, on and on and on, some real pros, and so that became a new passion. I rediscovered music. I've always appreciated it, always been around it. But there was a period of time there where I wasn't actively involved in it. And so that all changed uh, a few years ago, many years ago now, 10 or probably 12, 15 years ago. I got back into really playing and performing music. And it's a passion, and it's something that means a great deal to me and that we, we try to do very professionally. And I've had the chance to play some great venues and open for some great acts and, and it's just a joy and and I approach it as a storyteller like I do my job what I sing about uh, often are things that uh, are touch points for a lot of people real issues real people uh, that that face challenges or face um, triumphs in our country well like there's another song you did is called uh, we stayed at home and I remember last year, a lot of people started doing Zoom videos, and of course, I'm kind of on YouTube every once in a while, you know, nosing around, and I saw a lot of musical bands getting together, and one guy would be in his house, you know, and let's say in in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, another guy might be in Chicago, another guy might be in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, or Clearwater, Florida, and they're all playing, and they, there's a synergy, and there's this connection here, and you did the song... And it's called We Stayed Home, and it's basically kind of a reference that. It's a storytelling about that. It is, you know, I, and, and, and uh, not pat myself on the back, but I was probably one of the first people out with a pandemic song. Um, 
during that time, I, it just came to me. I thought I need to. I had done commentary on the air about what's been going on with the pandemic. I thought I want to comment about it in song. So that that idea came to me that we stayed home. We did what we were supposed to do during a difficult time. We faced these challenges together. And remember, in those early days of the pandemic, there was a very unified sense. It was before start, people started fighting about whether they're going to take the vaccine or not. We were... Uh, it was a scary time, an anxious time, and people uh, muscled up and did what we were asked to do. We stayed home. So I wrote a song about that and pulled people from the community to appear in the video, as well as my band. And we released that song uh, just a few months into the pandemic. And it, it speaks to, you mentioned what really matters. That was one of the first songs I released as a solo artist. And it speaks to the experiences that I've had over 35 years as a journalist. One of the lines is, I've seen the camps with my own eyes, walked with survivors of a wicked plan, held a mother who lost her own, told a father he lost his child. And and that reflects, like, for example, just that passage talks about being in Auschwitz with Holocaust survivors. I've seen houses burn. I've seen hurricanes churn. One of the lyrics in that, again, based on what I've seen. And the reason I, the title is What Really Matters, and the hook is What Really Matters is Love, because I can truthfully tell you that of all the things that I've seen, many are magnificent and wonderful, many are terrible. The Columbine shooting, for example, I was there the, the, that evening covering that for several days. Um, again, going to the Holocaust the, the camps. So many things that I've seen that are terrible in every situation, good triumphs over evil. evil. Good people rise and help one another and survive it. And that's what that song matters, what song is about. What really matters is love, that no matter what we face, if we care for one another, I'm not talking about romantic love, and, that, and that's the song as much as just kindness, caring, and love for your fellow human being. We get through anything. Who would you say would be some of the musical artists or poets or literary people that you feel may have had some influence in your, let's just say, songwriting? Now, I understand that most of it is probably feelings, experiences, which a lot of songwriting comes from. You know, when you talk to a, a musician, they'll always say, well, it's, you know, it's a personal feeling, it's an experience, it's something that I dealt with in my life. But sometimes they're influenced by somebody else that basically, I would say, is kind of an inspiration. And for you, who would that be? You know, that's a great question, Robert, because we're all influenced by um, uh, people that we admire, people that we look up to. I certainly have been as a, as a journalist and as a news anchor and reporter over the years. People like, you mentioned Huntley and Brinkley, used to love David Brinkley, a fellow North Carolinian, Peter Jennings, uh, John Chancellor, on down the list. There have been people I've admired and that I have emulated and learned from. Musically, the kind of uh, songwriting that appeals to me, storytelling. Okay. Uh, for example, I love Bruce Springsteen. I love John Mellencamp. I love uh, James Taylor. love R.E.M. Um, love Tom Petty. You know, there I have several people I draw from and, and am inspired by, but at the core of it, it tends to be that Americana rock sound, which is my sound, my band, that driving guitar, you know, uh, riff-heavy, uh, power-chord-heavy song, 
driving song mm-hmm. and and storytelling people who have something to say in a song you know i you know i don't do uh you know i've got a couple of those but i don't do very many of the hey baby baby kind of songs right right <laughs> you know i it's fine it's if it catches it's great it's no problem but what i want to talk about are things uh, that are uh, meaningful to me, and I hope other people. Things that's not all, always autobiographical, but it, just as a journalist would do, it's, it's things that I've seen, and I tell stories about that. People I've encountered, experiences I've either had or witnessed. Who would be a performer, an artist, if you will, that you would really like to uh, do a duet with, for example? Question. Now I watched I your I watched a Rock the Casa reel that you had, and there was a young lady on there that was singing with you. And for right right now, it just escapes me which song you guys did. I think it was a Rolling Stone song, but it was that was not a soul singer. That was Jimmy uh, Shelter. Okay, very good. Now that I, I thought you guys did a very very good job, so that is why I'm asking that question. If you had a chance to work with a very well known artist, male or female, who would that be to do, let's say, like a, a duet type deal song? Oh my goodness, I've never been asked that question, Robert. I, I would have to say any of the aforementioned people um, that I would love to sing with, any of those lead singers and artists, uh, for females, I would probably love to do something with Melissa Etheridge, Ronnie Raitt, uh, Ann Wilson of Heart, uh, Annie Lennox, Okay. Kenny Lennox's voice. Um, and Sammy Hager actually may have me uh, sing with him uh, coming up at his charity event next year, early next year. Uh, he mentioned it, texted me the other day and said he may want me to come up and do something with him. And I, I love Sammy's voice as a, as a rock singer. That's a great question. Um, if, if I had to pick one, I don't know whom I would pick. I might pick Mick Jagger because he's such a crack up. And it would be- oh, no, that would be, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be fun. That would be really fun. And um, yeah, and 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 somehow, uh, you know, Rolling Stone songs fit in my wheelhouse in terms of being able to, uh, you know, they're, they're in the right keys for me. Okay, good. Um, the uh, Rock the Casa. Tell us about that. And I think there's another. And uh, do you have enough time? Because I know you mentioned you might have to get back on uh, on uh, go live or something like that. You got a minute or two I yet? Gotta, I got to go live on TV in just a few minutes. But I'll, I'd love to tell you as I head down to the studio. Sure. Out Rock the Casa. It is um, my charity foundation that I started a few years ago, rockthecasa.org, for more information. But it helps underserved kids in need through several programs that I support as a board member. We send underserved kids to summer camp. We find mentors for young people. We find court-appointed special advocates when a child is removed from their homes, abuse and neglect. A CASA volunteer is there with them to support. Dan, we lost you there for a second. Are you there? Dan, you might have to step back. Can you hear us? I think we lost him. Okay. He's, he's walking down the hallway. You there? Okay, we lost you for a second there. I am. I'm still on. Sorry. Okay. Being, you know, these philanthropic efforts are... Uh... Dan, <laughs> take two steps back. You're out of range. Hello, Dan, can you hear us? Oh, you know, sometimes when I walk around our tower, it does the same. It does the thing. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry no, no worries. Uh, but, 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 you know, I, I love being part. My job gives me the chance to be part of philanthropy, and so does my music. Okay. We, we lost you again. 
<laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine right now. So don't, don't move. Don't move. <laughs> I, I, I won't move. Okay. Run. My, I, my philanthropy is important to me, and music gives me a chance to do that, and so does my journalism. Excellent. Well, Dan, I know you got to run. I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the best luck. We will play your songs from time to time. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show again sometime down the road. You willing? Yeah, I have me on any time. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on a great show. And thanks for having me on. I'll come back on any time. Very good. I want a special thanks to uh, give special thanks to uh, my uh, newfound uh, journalist friend here uh, and musician, singer-songwriter, Dan Ashley from uh, KGO TV in San Francisco. So, uh, my heart. So much, uh, all right. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I left my heart in San Francisco too. But anyway, that song, we have to play that sometime. All right, Bobby. Uh, well, we got a minute or two left. So, why don't I just go ahead and talk a little bit about what uh, about the Los Olas Carso in Fort Lauderdale? Now, it's really interesting because. There's an uh, event that takes place down in Fort Myer, no, Naples, and it's called Cars on the Fifth. And the streets are locked, uh, blocked off, and lined with cars. And I am told that it's somewhere around four or 500 cars. Well, now, I was down there a few years back, and there were a lot of cars. And a, just a huge mix of cars, just classics, muscle cars, supercars, pre-war cars, and, you know, people tend to like those kind of events because that's one way to kind of create enthusiasm because these are open events. They're free. You know, they're in a downtown area, usually a high-end area. And basically, you know, there's something for mom to do. There's something for junior to do. There's something for little miss to do. There's something for dad to do because he's going to be checking out all the cars like me. And uh, so it's really cool because uh, it's, it's a kind of a nice uh, atmosphere, you know, you got the cars, you got the the streets, you got the the the, the setting, the ambiance. You know, it's just really really neat. Well, they did that. Now I think this is the third year that they've done it, or fourth year they've done the Las Olas. Uh, automotive or car show concourse well, it's not really a concourse it's a car show down there and uh, so I wanted to go check it out I was curious I'm trying to find out and experience more and more events in Florida the good thing is I can drive to them and I can you know if they're in an area you know me I don't just hang out at the car show I kind of network a little bit so next thing you know you might find me in some alleyway chasing down some old classic car which is precisely precisely what I did I uh after I left the Las Olas car show, um, there was still daylight. But what was really cool is the way that all the cars left. Because now there was tons and tons and tons of supercars. Okay, uh, The British Car Club, the local Gold Coast Car Club was there. And they had some really cool cars. One gentleman had a really interesting car. It was a Griffith. TVR Griffith, actually a little V8 car that was built by Jack Griffith, and uh, that car impressed me. Then I uh, found out when I was talking to that gentleman, his dad was an old SCCA guy, worked for a British car, sports car club, had a dealership, uh, and bought a Sunbeam Tiger new, which they still had. That was pretty cool. So, you know, you meet these people, it's just, it's not just the car, it's the people, it's the stories. Just like Dan was talking earlier, you know, his music, it's not just, he takes his news experiences and turns them into songs and music, something he's also passionate about. So that's 
what's really cool about that. If you take something that you're interested and passionate about and you can basically express yourself with it, and that's what cars are. Cars are an expression of, of your passion. And uh, there was a, uh, a, a, a group of cars there. You know, you're familiar with the Lowriders. Well, they had a, a 60-59 Chevy, a 60 Chevy, uh, a 54 Chevy, uh, a couple of 55 Thunderbirds, 60, 55, 56, 57 Thunderbirds. But the Lowrider Club was there. Some amazing paint jobs on those cars, okay? And uh, supercars, there's probably five vintage Ford GTs and probably seven or eight of the new GTs there. Lamborghinis, McLarens, Porsche GT3s, GT2s. Um, just just an incredible selection of cars. So there was really, you know, for a child, uh, you know, to want to see some really supercars. Bugattis, everything was there. It was amazing. Um, stuff that you just don't see. and uh, But at the end, you know, they all sitting there. They're getting in line. They're staging. And they're leaving as they're exiting. They're all revving their little engines. And that was just kind of cool. For someone that's never been around that, you know, it's kind of a neat experience, you know, because just the sound of power is really, really neat. But anyway, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Creative Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on the Tad Talk Radio Network for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports, music, journalism. I mean, we're crossing, uh, we're reaching out now, aren't we, Bobby? We are. We are. For sure. We are. We're going to expand the show. We're going to go in all kinds of different directions. We want to make the show informative and entertaining, which we do. So we hope you guys will, uh, don't forget to check out our FLA car shows. Don't forget this weekend, Cigar City Concourse. I want to see you guys there. I want to see you guys some of the other car shows. And special thanks to my friends over there at Guitar Repair in Tampa there. They did a great job on my little Fender Mustang. I can't wait to get this thing home and plug it in. Gig it and do some riffs, man. But anyway, hey, you know, uh, pick up a musical instrument, get in your car, drive, have fun, and don't forget, like I said, tune in here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3.